I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the very latest edition of the Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow if you haven't done so already on Twitter. We are at Premier View Pod. On Facebook, our page is the Premier View Podcast and on Instagram, where we are Premier View Podcast. We have up-to-the-minute news on all things Tip GAA across all our socials, plus the odd giveaway so don't miss out. If you're a Spotify listener, don't forget to hit follow and also hit the bell so that you never miss a podcast episode. We are now delighted to introduce our new sponsor, Orga Retro. Go retro with orgaretro.com. Specialists in County Retro Style Clothing. Hello and welcome to the Premier View Podcast episode number 102. It's champion, it's Monster Championship Eve here in Tipperary as we await the trip to Cusack Park now to on Sunday. Stephen, I'm gonna go straight to you for your thoughts. Now it's a massive, massive game. Uh, Tipperary had a disastrous championship last year it definitely can't get any worse the vibes are definitely optimistic from, from the camp we're talking you know there's there's good strength and depth I think at the, the Tipperary team there there's lots to talk about are you optimistic for Sunday? Yeah I'm very I'm very optimistic for Sunday and um, look I know I'm always kind of glass half full when I talk about Tipperary but watching them in the league watching the progression you know the, the fitness levels that the the hurling the 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 execution of the game plan the puck outs the, the keep both keepers were excellent during the league with the puck outs you know and and then after the puck outs the next man knew what he was doing you know the whole team knew what was going on and then look I know the last ten minutes of the league of the the last game wasn't pretty but you know we hurled excellent for a long long time and I think. I, I, I believe we're going to bury the demons of last year now in the first round of the championship. 
And I'll touch on it by saying, if we don't, I think it's an unbelievable disaster. But I, I really, I really believe that we're going to go down to Ennis and come away with the win, and you know, set us right, set us up rightly for the rest of the Monster Championship. And last year, then is done, it's finished. Yeah, Colin, I suppose there's so much happening this week in the GA. I suppose we might touch on later with Fargal Horgan retiring, and you know, there's there's Connacht semi-finals, Leinster Championship kicking off, Monster Championship kicking off. But this is surely like the key game of the weekend. Monster so cutthroat. Now, Tip and Claire have been both eyeing this up for, for weeks, if not months, you know? Yeah, definitely, Kevin. And I suppose to go back to your question, where are we this evening? I suppose we saw enough in the league to think that we're competitive again now with the rest. Okay, that's the first thing I'd say, kind of echoing what Stephen said. We're still a bit back from Limerick. We've talked about that before. There's no point in talking about that this evening. Um, coming, from where we're, coming from where we were last year, I mean, I've laxed on where on lyrically about last year several times in this podcast and I, as I said I'm a bit scarred by last year so we've come a, we seem to have come a good bit since last year anyway so in the build-up to this game I'm like the way I usually am for a championship game I sort of one minute I'm wildly optimistic and thinking yeah we're going to go down there and you know we're going to win we're, we're an awful lot of, we're in an awful better place than we were last year and then there's there's the nagging doubts in my mind about you know just how far how how far back we've gone really I mean like I was reading today about the, the game we lost in 86 in Ennis. I was actually down at that game. I, rem- I don't say I remember it, but I can remember the, the grassy bank down there that day. And it's, it's probably the one GA field in the country that hasn't improved one bit in 36 or 37 years, you know. And probably still there. Yeah, it's probably still there. It is. Um, but so, like, where we're coming from last year, like, we have, like, Claire beat us by eight points last year, Kevin. Like, and it felt like a lot more than eight points. So I take this very simply. We're starting minus eight on Sunday in one sense. We've eight points to make up on last year to go and win the game. Okay. As I said, I've seen enough in the league to think that we're definitely in a better place than we were last year. I don't think any of us can, can disagree on that. I'm also heartened by the fact that, you know, we were talking about it off air there for a minute. We're fairly sure of our team or we're sure of 13 or 14 of the, of the spots. So I think that's good. I think that's, that's another, um, I suppose, box ticked in the positive side of it. That we are, we ha- we're we're getting near a settled team, and there seems to be competition for places. As Stephen has said, like it, you know, this kind of defines our year. If we can go down there and win, you know, it's you know, you're in a different place on Monday morning than you know than you will be if you go and lose. Because if you go and lose, you're right up against it. You're going down to Cork the next day. Then you've Limerick. Like Jesus, you you don't want to be you don't want to be having to win one of those two games. So I'm cautiously optimistic about about Sunday, Kevin. That's what I'd say. Hey. And Sean, like, you know, I suppose last year, like, we were beaten by Clare before we, you know, like, we were shell-shocked. They a couple of goals got on us. They did definitely three goals got in the first half. I think they might have even got four. We were a shambles. Our pockets were turned over. So we looked like a complete lack of en- energy. John McGrath got a horrific injury. You know, it's hard to believe it. Oh, a lot has happened in a year. Are we, maybe the South Tip contingent, being very naive in our optimism now? Is there a bit, going to be a bit of tireless realism coming in here about our chances Sunday, or is it just a real 50-50 game? Um, we're in a better place than we are last year anyway, I think, because I'm now from talking around. like It's more positive than negative, and that's all I want, just positivity. Last year, it was just, everyone's giving out. We didn't know what we're expecting. We're expecting the worst. This year, like no one has actually given us a chance going on a clear. I've seen a lot of previews there in the week. Like, a lot of players aren't even tipping us out monsters. So, like, I don't know, there, where does that throw us back again? Like, which is the issue there and that. But 
we are more positive feeling from the camp is good like you see it from the league with a good campaign the fair we tried lads we found new players so to speak you know like the time you know, Connor has stood up um, and should be hopefully starting there come Sunday but I have to go down positive and this is I think this is a knockout game no matter what you say oh, like, oh. if we lose it's the closest this, we thing are, to it isn't it we are yeah, back on the back it's three from four yeah, like, we've only won what four round robin games out of twelve in the last three round robin series. So, like, in terms mm-hmm. of our stats in this, we're not actually winning these games. You could say I saw a league table of the the composite league table of all Munster league, you know, round robin matches, and mm-hmm. Clare actually sit on the top. They've won more points than Limerick, so you could say we're playing the specialists. Yeah, exactly. So, we're, like, Clare want a good start as well. Everyone's targeting these home games in this round robin, like, but yet. This is again a weekend target, I think, there on that. And like, if we get, if we get turned over easy on Sunday, I, I don't know where we're back to then. Like, you know, it's hard to re rally the troops. Like, but then could he throw in three or four different lads the following week? It's going to be tricky. But this week, I, hopefully, our players will get better in. I know um, we do have two away games to start off this year, but I think last year, Claire had their feet up watching us play Waterford on Easter Sunday, I think it was. And, you know, probably like, you know, go close, but. And, you know, I, I think that is a big uh, was a big advantage to them in hindsight. Now it's a it's a it's a lot more level. But lads, I know that Liam Cal will be listening intently for this. But I suppose we, I picked a team here now, fifteen. I don't know if all these players are are injured or away or whatever. But in, just see what you think and come in. We have a blast at it there now. As you said, we found a lot of we found a lot of players during the league. Uh, Hogan and goal as yeah. aging out. Yeah. Reece Shelley. Um, Barry Barry Hogan, I presume. Barry you? Hogan, sorry, yeah, Brian is <laughs> Brian is the heart palpitations. And that's there, that's no nothing way. against Reese, like it's just Hogan probably a bit more consistent. But like Reese is young is there, like you know, like experience is no problem there. Yeah, and again, Breen, uh, fo- Mickey Breen, fullback, Johnny Ryan, and Carl Barrett. I think yeah. you know that again. He's probably hung his hat on Breen at fullback. In the league campaign, I can't see him yeah. changing now. Yeah, I would agree with that. That would be my fullback. Oh. Trying. Is this is very just going to be a quick podcast, lads? All agree. <laughs> Way to, to get the corner forward, jeez. Yeah, well, this is this is where the fun will start, and maybe look, that's a sign there might not be that much competition in the back line. I'm not sure if Owen Connolly's injured or not, but I've gone for Dan Mack, O'Mara, and Ronan wingback, and I have a big note beside him: not allowed to shoot under any circumstances. I, I I'd agree with the half back line, but I I, I disagree with the last bit. I think. Ronan particularly, we have to. He has to find a way to to find the shooting boots, and you know I'd let him have one or two. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be completely ruling out the old shots because if he can find that range again, he used to be great at. If he could find that range again, hopefully the confidence comes flying back and could be a serious weapon going forward. Yeah, maybe I'm being harsh, <laughs> but then he blast the first one wide. <laughs> <laughs> I like and actually, what that for, for me uh, as well I, is that James Kennedy's in the forwards. I disagree yeah. with you slightly, Kevin, on the halfbacks. I'm going to go with, I'd have Brian McGrath in the halfback line. I'd have Brian McGrath, O'Mara, and Ronan there. Now, I'm worried about, I'm wor- like, I'm worried about pace there, but I'm worried whether it's Brian McGrath that's there or it's Dan McCormick that's there. I don't think there's a, a huge plus one way or the other. I'm a big Dan McCormick fan of, I always like him. He's a really honest hurler. He's had some great days in the jersey. I just don't see him as a wing back. I, I haven't been impressed when I'm seeing him wing back. I think Brian McGrath has always been a big player for, for Liam Cal. I was talking about this with somebody during the week. That McGrath's always been sort of a linchpin of, of, of a Cal team. 
So I'm feeling that Brian McGrath might start there. I didn't see the game in Carrick. I know Stephen was down there. Um, I don't know how Brian McGrath went in that game, but just have a feeling he might start there. And personally, I, I, I'd go with him there. I, I wouldn't play yeah, down you, the corner there. You could well be right. He does fit in the... Um... The mold of a, a Liam Carl player, he's definitely uh, on that side. Like, you know, I mentioned saying it's Kendall. Like, I presume Kendy behind a wing forward in front of Dan covering that flank. Like, it's they're going to a lot of movement here, so it's hard to kind of say that's their half back. Like, Dan's going to go put on the field. Kendy, I presume, will come back as well. Like, O'Mara will be six. Like, he'll stand there. Like, you know, and Ronan will do what Ronan does. Like, will Kennedy but, not mark man mark Tony Kelly? Do you think, Sean? That's not me, but he'll be coming up now in the field with Kelly, so he'll be like, yeah, Kendi like, you know, he'll be he'd be kind of going around but like he might give it cover to that side in the pockets with Dan as well mainly you know that's what I'm saying I think now loud yeah, then I've Connor Stakelum and Alan Tyne and probably defined the league in midfield for me he's earned his position then Connor I know there was talk in our last podcast about best position maybe wing, wing forward I think going again on championship last year he has earned his He's earned his position there in midfield and he could be a right player for tip over the next few years. Hopefully he'll get a chance. And like I'll that's the engine up. there in like in yeah. Ennis, like this where like if they can cover ground and they can, we've seen it like a tie in Connor, like that's where a lot could come from. Like, you know, just covering ground, getting on the ball, laying it off, working. Like that's like what I want to see from middle of the park there. Go on yeah. Ennis. Like. Yeah. And then we'll go Seamus at 10, Noel at 11, and Garot O'Connor at 12. Would be maybe a contentious selection. I to be my half just, forward lane. To be yeah. my half forward lane now. And again, no, getting, the fun starts. Like Ford is full. Jake Morris corner. And I've gone for Connor Bowl. Uh, but I, one of Sean Ryan, Kyo, and John Mack, and I think all could feature. And but, Bonner, not even not even thinking Bonner might. Oh, geez, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's my research. Yeah. yeah, so no, Bonner wasn't in my thinking. The top three, uh, the 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 front three there is going to take. will have there'll be wicked debate on it. I think we could pick any number of combinations there. Like it's it's, it's going to be like if you if you go for me if you go with Bonner, let's say you Jake probably gets to start. You know he's a, he's a good he's a goal scorer, but there's Bonner's in around the area to do that little bit of work that. You know, it wouldn't be wouldn't be Jake's forte, um. But every time Bo has has been introduced, and again in Carrick, he was excellent, big, strong man, quick. He can take a goal. You know, he's he, he's he, he, hopefully in training, he's given the management big, big headache. And John McGrath looks to be looks to be starting to pour again, getting fully fit again. To have you giddy this week now and you're waiting for the team to come out and I haven't been this giddy now about uh, tip team announcement in a long time and you know I don't think whoever's left off I don't think we're going to be dis- too disappointed like as in the po- us the fans because the, the three that are going to be picked are going to be very strong anyway and to have options off the benches is, is, is going to be fantastic. Yeah, maybe I am being harsh on Bonner, but it's always. I, just yeah, I feel Bonner might just for like what he showed at Dan Torres and kind of seems to be like just you want someone that will go inside, but I don't know. I just I feel Bonner be John or Jake Ford for forward line. We're missing our Clare correspondent Enda tonight to give a real insight into the Clare team, but they've said obviously they're missing 
uh, David Fitzgerald, who'll be a, a big loss in the in their own engine room there. But you probably line up with John Conlon, number six. Aidan Aidan McCarthy's had a great league. Look, um, you know, banging in banging in the goals form Peter Peter Duggan like, um, they have players that obviously the aforementioned Tony Kelly as well. They have players that'll need a bit of minding. Duggan always used to play well against Tip as well, Kevin. If you go back through the years, you know he's he's a guy I always. He always, you know, he he just seems to be a guy that when I think of Tip Clare games in the last few years, he seems to be a guy who's come into my head as doing particularly well. I'd agree with your half forward line, Kennedy, Noel O'Connor, for what it's worth, and I'm going to go with John McGrath, Ford, and Jake Morris inside. I just I'm going for John McGrath. Just a memory of mine from 2019 is John had a right good game down in Ennis. I don't know if you remember in the, in the game we went down there and won. Um, John had a right good game. He got a couple of great scores over in front of the covered stand there. That shed that they'd be balling out of. He's got a couple of great scores over there. So I'll go with John. I take I take Sean's point very much about Bonner Marr as well. I just wonder, would Bonner be the type of guy that you'd bring in with 15 or 20 minutes to go? You know, that he'd be full of energy and full of running and full of hassle and full of Harry. You know, um, I, I, like I know you can't pick a guy just on one game, but I, I was a bit disappointed with him against Limerick. I thought he, he struggled really. Um, Connor Bowe, as, as Stevie said there, you know, played very well down in Carrick. And I actually thought he played very well against Watford last year before he got injured, if you remember. In, in, yeah, in he broke first. a finger, didn't he? He yeah. did, yeah, yeah. That's right. Sean, yeah. over under a puck out, I think. Actually, yeah. I, so, you, you know, I think I think Bo very close to me. I'd probably rather be bringing in Bo than bringing in Jake Morris for some reason. If, 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 if yeah. I think yeah. I'd go at the start yeah. for Jake and, and see how he's going. If he's not going well, I'll take him out. Um, as you said, look, Claire, they're going to miss... Um, Going to miss um, McInerney, the, the guy who suspended. I think he he would have caused he would have they would they would have caused Ronan and, and our half back line a bit of trouble. One thing about Clare, just again, the type of game that they play last year, they really caught us running from deep, didn't they? You know, they they attacked from deep almost on the counter attack, and like during the league again, there was a few times where I thought we looked a little bit open, a little bit susceptible. That's not even a word, but you know what I'm getting at. To, to, to a team running hard at us, and you know maybe Ennis isn't the best play, isn't the easiest place to be running at a team, but would just have that slight concern about our backs. I don't know what Sean and Stephen think about that. That if they were, you know, if they were exposed a little bit, that pace isn't really there. That's where we hope from Connor and Hine and them lads are kind of working back as well, getting the overlaps on that. I know what you mean. They are saying if ball drops for Dan, he gets caught in the turn. They're facing into maybe a bar for you know kind of. What do you think of that? But I think the lads were dropping back and they're kind of more man marking job and the puck outs there that way as well, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Man mark on the puck outs and force them long to stop the, the running from deep. But like Watford showed in the league, and look, every every club, county, no back likes a, a person running at him. But it takes an awful lot of energy to constantly be running at a team. You know, like uh, if that's going to be a game, you see, we see with Wexford a couple of years ago, they blew up with 15, 20 minutes to go. Watford did the same before they had the, the man sent off there in the league. It, like if you're going to run at a team, I think you have to be a goal scoring team. You have to be like, Claire are going to have to start, they're going to have to score goals early against tip. If they're going to be running at tip, um, I think Noel McGrath will come out around the middle of the field, you know, picking up all that kind of ball, which will allow the two midfielders to drop a, another few yards, and then we'll have our centre back drop another few yards. I think middle third will be very congested, and um, 
trying to break through all them tackles to be a running team is going to be extremely, I'm hoping it's going to be extremely hard for uh, for Clare. I think we're just, we're very well organised this year and, um, you, you know, it's, if we can implement our game plan quicker than them and, and get up ahead of steam, you know, it, hopefully it's not too awkward uh, an afternoon for us. Just the other, just the other player, maybe, maybe, sorry, Sean, just to throw into the mix, and I know we kind of spoke about him briefly off air as well, as Sean Ryan. Like, would anybody see him? You know, I know Cal has been known. That was my next thing, yeah. yeah from, should, next yeah from his underage year, certainly Cal was, was he wasn't averse, let's say, to picking, a, you know, an, I don't mean an unusual player, but, you know, somebody that people weren't expecting to start. So I wonder, could Sean Ryan be that player this year for us? I'd say that there's nearly as much talk about him this week as he nearly, you know, it's talk him into a start. He seems to be like the dark horse that everyone knows about. Yeah, he's like a horse for Cheltenham or something that people yeah. have to give up, like, you know what I mean? So, look, maybe, I'm getting, caught, score. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'm getting caught up in that. But, I, you know, I, I know, Sean, you think highly of him, don't you? You've said it before. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've seen Leicester in club games. I know it's, yeah, I suppose, club a different ground. We just had that swagger about him in front and his turn and circle. I just went to goals. There's no, yeah. I'll, I'll have a look and see what's on. No, it's not. I'm going towards the goals. That's it. That's what I want. Like, if we can go down and, like, a goal is going to win. You can net, hit the ball to net in the first, say, the first half two times here. Clear. Like, these could fall. But we need to do that. Like, what they done to us, you know, we have to give back to them. Are we expecting a throwback here, lads? Kind of, you know, goals being important in the Monster Championship match, every score almost being important. And then, we get the usual. Are we building up like a Sean Flynn on the like the, the stats in the podcast? Like, you know, Tip are going to create a lot of scoring chances. Are we better off just trying to help point Claire? Like, play the Limerick brand of Hurling for want of a better word. I think first we have to. I think we have to have a high conversion rate, but know when the, the easy point rather than the hard goal opportunity is on. And I, like, I, I do think it's a it's a great asset for Tipperary to have that we can score goals and you know when some of the lads get a stiff inside the fifty, you, you it kind of gets the old arses off the seats and lads are a little bit anticipating a a, a shot a, an attack on the goal. I do think first the old saying take a point of goals will come. I do think that's going to be very important this week because we have to be efficient. We have like we have to remember we're coming from a very low ebb last year. We didn't win a game. We were hockeyed in every game. Like, leaving the Cork game, when we hit the bus of the post against Cork, the whole stadium knew what was going to happen after that. You know, the wind was out of our sails. The Cork, Cork supporters felt sorry for us leaving the stadium last year. So I think for us, we, we need to be efficient. Ta- keep that scoreboard ticking over. And before you, hopefully, come half time, we're hitting the 15 point mark. You know, then, you know, Stand on, stand on her neck when the opportunity arrives, but I think I don't go forcing it. And uh, I think hit a hit a look. If we win this game with points and no goals, I'd be delighted going out of there. But I think we will create goals. I just hope we don't overdo the efforts on goals. So if you start, say Ryan and Jake Morris, does thing allowed like that would target that Linka wants the ball to be hit in and then mm-hmm. turn and go like you mm-hmm. know it'll depend on what kind of corner forward start is kind of what the game plan will be as well I think and in fairness to Sean Rain it is again I know it is a challenge match down to, down in uh, I was going to say down to the half geez I would have been killed but um, <laughs> uh, his reception of the ball like it's like a, he, it's like as if he plays with glue on his hand I think he's going to be the heir apparent to Bonamar I think every time a ball goes in it's either going to stick 
or he's going to be the biggest nightmare in the world for a cornerback. And with I I I'd see, I reckon he's going to have a massive future under under lean clan for this team tip team going forward. This year might be off the bench if he's not starting, but if you're bringing him on, you know, at least you have no you know you have a serious outlet to be hitting the ball into. You know, like get that ball to him. He'll he'll either gather possession, pass it off to someone else, or else if it's a 50-50, you know he's going to be a nightmare. So you know like they're, they're great op- options. We 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 have to be positive going down here. Have to be. Yeah, and I think we need to be resilient as well. I, I think you know you've all identified the potential key weakness for Tip of being ran out, ran at, uh, and the potential obviously to leak a couple of goals. Um, but you know if if we can avoid that or or bounce bounce back from conceding them, I think we have every chance for this game. I think it'll probably end up in a shootout, Kevin. Myself, I, you know. Tip games generally end up being quite high score, and you know, and it's maybe it's not the it's not the the kind of ground where you get big scores. But I just have a feeling if if the weather is anyway decent, and you know, I think this could be quite a high scoring game. I don't think we have the backs. They have a lot of good attributes, our backs, but I I don't think we have the backs to, you know, dog out an attritious battle. I think this will be a high-scoring game, and I'm just hoping that, that, you know, the forwards that we've spoken about there can get enough ball in and do enough damage with the ball. Now, it could be wrong. It could end up being, you know, 11 points to 10 or something on Sunday evening, but I just have a feeling this is going to be a high-scoring game. And And again, it does turn into a bog column. Looking at the weather there, like, it looks like Sunday will hold all right and probably change after a start again. Maybe it's the small little things kind of suit and tip there. Maybe that we would be more comfortable in a high-scoring game. Yeah, look, and again, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly crit- critical of our backline, but like a blind man can see for the last few years that when teams have ran a tip, we've been in trouble. There's no point in saying anything else. And there was, there, it was, it was evident in the league a few times as well. I noticed that we, you know, we seem to struggle a little bit on it. The goals thing, I suppose. Look, we, we've spoken about the Limerick game. We never. We never got a sniff of a goal. Now, we never really, we never went for the juggler either for goals. Once or twice, maybe an, a, another pass or another few yards with the ball. If they'd ran on, they might have opened up. But for whatever reason, we didn't go for it. So I'm hoping that was, you know, a tactical thing that they're holding this back for Sunday. Essentially, as, as the lads have said, this is a knockout game. So, you know, we have to go hell for leather at this. You know, there's no point in saying, it. I mean, it's going to be very difficult, I think, for any of us to come onto the podcast next week if we're, if we're beaten. And be mm. anything but very disappointed, you know. And you know, even though Stephen might be a, a half a glass half full man, I think even Stephen's going to struggle next week to come on and yeah. and and talk up a defeat because, like, I'm fucking sick of losing, lads. At this stage, I'm so, sorry now for being explicit, but I'm sick of losing. Like, I mean, we're Tipperary. I've said this before. We're not bloody leash, or we're not flipping, you know, Dublin. Like, we don't lose games where we're losing them. Like, I think we've, we've lost our last six championship games in a row. This has to stop and it has to stop now as far as I'm concerned. And I don't care how we do it on Sunday. But we got to get it. It was Kieran Fitzgerald said about an Irish rugby team many years ago, we have to get our effing pride back in that jersey. And that has to start now on Sunday as far as I'm concerned. We go down there. We show them no mercy. I don't give a sugar where the game is on. Go down there and win. We're back on here next week and we're, we're, talking, we're talking the team up. And we're talking the game up. And we're looking forward to the next game. And you can quote me on that. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to call this a must-win game, you know, just kind of thinking about how to approach the pod, but like, yeah, essentially, I think we all, we're 
reluctant to say how important the game is in, but like uh, it'll be a, it'll be a tough podcast next week if we don't. Like you get don't to want this. You don't want to lose, and then we're knocked back again. Like we're kind of building. I think there's something yeah. else being, you know, like yeah. it, it, be clear that was the game when draws made win the first game, you know, and that's it. And then it had to be offered. Then last game at home, do it. Win two wins, and you know you're Oof. getting out a monster, which we last year we just miles off then like so I have to. Right. Yeah, I think Cal has been quite bullish as well, lads, in the build-up to it, because understandably he's been sort of questioned about, you know, last. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You won the league with Waterford. You know, you were flying. You went into championship. You blew up. You know, is there danger of that happening this year? And he's like, well, we haven't changed what we did last year. You know, as a management team, him and Bevins haven't changed their approach. They haven't changed anything that they've done differently. They're very confident in their 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 way of doing things. And I like to hear that, actually. You know, I, so I think Cal is sort of saying, well, you know, there was a, it wasn't on him last. You know, it wasn't so much. It wasn't all on him last year. There was other factors there. And I think that's interesting to hear. And actually, if you think about it, our best game last year, to me anyway, I know we were neck and neck sort of with Limerick for 60 minutes below in, in, in the Gaelic grounds. But actually, the game that I thought we could have won last year actually was that first game against Waterford. Mm. You know, so when we were playing the All Ireland finalist select. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought that we we you know all that rubbish about whoever was whoever yeah. beat them was going up the steps or whatever. But I thought on that day that 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 game was that game was there for us that that evening. Now that's as much about how poor Waterford were. And we just didn't probably see it at the time. But I'm actually I, I to go back to my original point. I'm actually glad to hear Carl say, you know, I'm not changing anything this year in the way me and Michael Bevins approach it. We're going at this because we trust in our system, we trust in our methods, and I'm hoping that that's an extra motivation for Carl and, and the team on Sunday. Absolutely. Stephen, you're the closest well, as we'll call you on the border as well. Would you give our, our near neighbours Waterford any chance versus Limerick on Sunday? I definitely wouldn't. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> now look, it's it's uh the first Stevie, round everyone's that, going to be Stevie's up for. Yeah, like he brings the he brings the hype around them. Come on, give Yeah, and that's it. It's going to be it's going to be the first round, it's going to be hell for leather stuff, and they'll 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 probably well, no. They will. Davy will make a moral victory out of out of uh, out of the defeat. And um, no, I wouldn't give him a hope against against Limerick this weekend. I just, I think, thankfully, I think Watford appointed a celebrity manager and not the right manager. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with I'd, I'd agree with that, Stephen. I can't, I can't, I can't find it in my heart anyway to ever tip them up. But you know, I couldn't see, like. Look, you have to go, you have like, okay, you can discount the league to some extent, 
But you can't discount what Limerick have done over the last four or five years in league and championship. They have been the best team and, and they have been, you know, they, they're a very, very good team and a very slick outfit. And, you know, they've huge competition for places. They're huge men, huge fitness. They run up big scores. You know, we've been down this road with them. It's very hard to see how Waterford have improved that much from the league or that much from the championship that they're going to be able to match them. I think they're missing Austin Gleeson as well, aren't they? They're missing... Yeah, they're missing all the, these the, injured. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of guys missing for them as well. Now, I suppose, you know, if we were doing a Waterford podcast, you could come on next week if you're beaten by Limerick, and, and you know, you could take, you could look for positives in it because, you know, Limerick are a different stage than Clare. So I'm sure, as Stephen said, Davy Fitz will will turn this into a moral victory, or he'll turn it into somebody if they're beaten. That it'll be somebody else's fault and not his anyway. Um, but no, I, I I couldn't see anything other other than a Limerick Limerick win. Darren Gleeson showing up in, up in Antrim versus Dublin. Um, not maybe the outsiders that they would have been a, a few years. Uh, Mio O'Donoghue over Dublin. Leinster's definitely a much more slow burner of a championship. Uh, would you give Antrim a chance there? or Antrim be close than were in previous years. Like, no, they'll, they'll be confident with Dublin coming up. Like, as someone said the other day, on, wasn't off the ball on saying the Leinster championship is literally, literally the Europa League of... Hurling, like it's just that's it. No, like I was going to call it the Dwarves competition, but we got trouble for um, that. Last year, like, so. it, like, you could see a ham, two hammers weekend. Gallic could trounce Wexford and Limerick could trounce Waterford, and then Antrim Dublin. Like, if Dublin get a win there, they could think they come, could be the third team out then of Lens. Like, you should expect them in Antrim, but Antrim won't fall down. But yeah, Lens, that third team any, spot, like, you're getting a nice warm up versus Westmead, and the only I suppose game that would be of half interest from our perspective would be Galway versus Wexford there, even though Galway Wexford bit, similar could be, yeah, you haven't been impressed with Wexford. No, just haven't shown that. They just look all over the shop. It's, I don't know what's, but it could surprise us. Like, Galway going in shit off favour. It's like, you know, Limerick deserves going in shit off favour against Waterford, but Galway going in kind of not doing much. It's just that what Wexford is so poor that Galway are fancied out the gate. Like. Yeah, Stephen, you were you saw Wexford a couple of weeks ago. Did they show anything against Tip in that challenge game? No, no. Um, I suppose the elephant in the room about the the challenge game after the incident they showed how close they were. Now that was, you know, they're a real close knit group. But there, I had a, be a couple of lads beside me watching the match, and um, Tip had to win in the first half, and you know they were cantering along, and Wexford were trying to play their game, but the, it just wasn't, you know, and. The wind was thrown in as a factor. And I remember one of the comments was, I know Wexford will execute their game plan way better than Tip will in the second half. Tip were against them in the second half. Tip blew them out of the water. Absolutely destroyed them in the second half. It was easy for them. And you'd fear for you'd fear for Wexford. Like, I know they were missing lads and they wouldn't have been out with the first 15, but need, neither were Tip. And uh, But you'd fear for them because it's, it's, it's very hard to... Just switch it on for championship, and um, yeah, it's it's a worrying one because you know Wexford were very bad for a long time until you know like Davy and his his predecessor came Liam can't think of a second name came along, and you know they took a long time to get competitive competitive again, and it would be a massive shame for the Leinster Championship in particular if they started to fall back very rapidly. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's hurlers there. That's fantastic hurlers there. Like. Let's be honest, better game management in 2019 should have saw him over the line, you know, but are maybe a better uh, style of play because they were wrecked 
with 20 minutes to go like mm. as a, for an inter-county team in the All-Ireland semi-final. But it's just it's just hard to pinpoint where the slump is. Like, you know, this has Davy just wore him out mentally. You know, we've heard we've heard the stories of the training sessions, you know, I was a January doing 28 nights in a row and things like that. And is it like have you lost the love for a kind of way? Not love, but kind of the drive to go yeah, again. I forget yeah, something. It's, nothing like, forward, like a mental sharpness. Like, you know, when 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 you think you're giving it absolutely everything and then you know, you go a few points down and, you know, that that, that drive or, 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 or even the confidence could be gone the way you're thinking. Like, when the confidence is up, in five minutes to spare, you feel like you'll score a winning goal. When the confidence is down with five minutes to go, you feel like you're going to concede that goal. Do you know? And I, I, I think that Wexford are on the wrong side of that. And it's Do you just, think they'll be the third team out of Leinster still, like? Or think I, I think so. I think I think so. I think they will. Um, I, I think they just have... their. Look, the Dublin crowd will give out to me for this, but I just think they're more natural hurlers than Dublin. I come down and, home uh, straight to nick off few points to yeah, beat them. And yeah. where, just to go back to the Dublin and Antrim game, it's the first round, anything can happen. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Antrim snuck one there off Dublin, you know, and it could put big pressure on Dublin. I, think, but I do I think, think Wexford will come out of, out of Leinster. Just, just, listen to, just listen to you there, lads. I was thinking about this myself a little bit last week, watching a few games. I think that the champion, the hurling championship, needs a good start because, like, we need a couple of good games in the hurling championship. Like the football started, whether it was the New York Leitrim game, and and you know going to penalties, there was a good bit of excitement in that. I think I think our friends in Mayo losing to Roscommon was you know that was quite an exciting yeah. game, quite a shock. There was a couple of good games up in the north last week. There was Modern a last Tyrone week. game, yeah, for a great game, like, great you game. Know, so, so, you know, that moment, and if you have against hammered weekend, like, yeah. What was or if you have you if you have Limerick, let's say Hammer and yeah. Hammer and Waterford, you know, like, you, you know, I I think I like the championship, the hurling championship needs a bit of a it needs a bit of a shot in the arm. Like when I think back in the last few years, right, Clare and Limerick was a great monster final last year. Maybe not the quality wasn't the best in the world, in my humble opinion. It was very close. It was tight. It was. You know, it was it was exciting. It was compelling. The it was an awful day in Turles. Awful day in Turles. Yeah, the game yeah, was yeah. good. Uh, the All Ireland final. I enjoyed the All Ireland final last year. Thought it was a good game. You know, it was kind of a traditional-ish sort of a game. Other than that, I'm struggling to think of too many really good games. Now, I, as I said, look, I, I'm so damaged by some of Tiberi's performances in the last two years that I've sort of wiped out a lot of it out of my memory bank. But you know, I do think the hurling championship needs. It needs a good start now. We need a couple of good games on Sunday to, to get it going and, and, and yeah. get out the promise. I, I think it's like you go back as far as 2018, I'm going to say, with Limerick's breakthrough, um, semi final win over Cork after extra time, I think it was, when I had the whole country talking. Great game, yeah. A day after Clare and Galway drew. Yeah. You know, so you're going like the whole country was talking about how great Ireland was and like, you know, it seemed to reach its peak then. And then like since we've had like, Tip in Wexford, probably a great game to watch. We were all too involved in it to probably enjoy it. Just want to get out in the, but like, bar that, you know, the COVID games are just was a write off. Like, I can't even remember much. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Many yeah. of them, like, you know, they just don't. The big one that does stick out is that monster final. And that's a combination of the weather and the refereeing and all the rest of it. And the hope that Limerick could get caught. So I'd agree 100%. Um, the Harland Championship needs to start with a bang. Probably, like, you know, what ideally would, would be a Waterford win or like from, from a, 
hurling, I suppose, publicity-wise would be that Waterford win over Limerick, but that seems just as far away from ever. So maybe, uh, maybe you know, a, 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 a cracker for tip player, I'm thinking, is, is on Diego anyway. So the good people of Ireland would be watching Galway and Roscommon in a six points to five classic, but... <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Basically, the bottom line is Harlan needs to bear to save it again. <laughs> yeah, I leave it there. Stop, Who stop the save five underage, in a row? <laughs> Our under twenties playing a must-win game tomorrow, Friday versus Limerick. Our minor All Ireland champions from last year have exited. Uh, probably by all accounts, what was their best performance last night? Uh, but came up short against Limerick again. Underage structure, probably debate is for another day, but probably it's shaping up to be a little bit of a disappointment in terms of our underage performance. Definitely, Kevin, yeah. Look, I think Cork beating Clare last night was a good result for us because if we win our last two games in the other 20, we qualify, and, uh, as far as I can see. So that's a bit of a glimmer of hope. The minors, it's, look, it's, it's disappointing. I, I've said myself before, I'm not a huge fan of under-17 hurling. I, you know, like, I, like it's, it's grand for what it is, but it's not... But I remember as minor, the minor hurling championship, like you know, so I kind of take those results with a bit of a pinch of salt. If you can, you know, it's it's about yeah. development as much as it is about results. Having said that, I was still disappointed in you know to lose the other night again. We lose a close game by points, but by all by all accounts, you know, they, they played an awful lot better. So hopefully the twenty the, the under twenties now can 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 pull it back a little bit. I saw a table. I think he saw it as well. Just you know, only Waterford are behind us. I think in the last five years of underage games in the Munster Championship, you know, so that means Cork, uh, Clare and Limerick are ahead of us, you know, in games one. That is a bit of a worry. You know, eventually that just catches up with you, lads. If you're not produ- if you're not producing winning teams underage, it is going to catch you. Like it caught, like in the 60s, if you go back, you know, Tip could n- we could never see a day in Tipperary where we wouldn't be winning the All-Ireland every couple of years and we weren't doing it at underage and it caught us in the 70s. Like, you know, and it was, if you think of it in the breakthrough in the 80s, that was down to under-21 teams and minor teams winning from, you know, 79 to 83 or 84. So like, there is a correlation between underage success and senior yeah, success. You know, like, again, I had mentioned Limerick as much, but, you know, they are minor teams probably around 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And we beat their minor team in 2016, I think, didn't we, Didn't we, Kevin? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, we did, you know. Did, um, but, but, but look, the point, the point stands, you know, we, we can't... You know, I, I don't want to be too harsh. We can't keep losing minor and under twenty games either because this is going to catch up with us. Uh, under like under seventeen grade, kind of said before that it just we're not seem to be getting into it right again. We're trying, we're throwing the net wide in terms of getting players in, but like I don't know where we had the best 15, 30 players under seventeen to count the it. Like players mature some amount between sixteen to eighteen. It's unbelievable. Like, see the yeah. clubs that like. Subs, sub teams turn around between where are we now? 15 to 17, 19. It's unreal. So, like, I wouldn't judge that lads online and parents who formed there kind of not slain lads, but kind of saying things about young lads. It's only 16, lot of 17. Like, give them chance. Like, there's no need. Like, there is development mm-hmm. on tips from under 13, 15 up, and they're just part for then. Like, if we get four or five players out of each of them groups going along, that's kind of what we're we coming off an all temporary Hearty Cup final as well. So, it's definitely not all doom and gloom. No, it's not. But, you know, I, I'll still stand by my point that I'd rather be winning these games than losing oh, these absolutely. games. You know, and, and I take Sean's point. It is about development. And I said that right at the beginning. It's definitely about development. And, you know, I did see guys on Premier View talking about, you know, 
certain lads, I don't know who they're talking about, but certain lads from certain clubs not on the team. But I will say one thing about Woodlock and, and his selectors. They, they picked lads from all over the counties. They picked lads from unfashionable clubs. You know, they obviously gave everybody a chance. It, it wasn't as if it was, you know, a two or, you know, lads would be saying something else if there was players only from two or three clubs on. They'd be saying, well, what about so-and-so from some whatever club, you know? So I think that can't be leveled at the management. I don't know if the best team was there. I, I'm not going to claim to know that. I don't know if they're the best team out there in, in the couple of games. Um, but yeah, it is about development, as Sean says. But I, I just, I prefer to be winning these games than losing these games. Absolutely. Before we before we leave it, let's um how, how to approach this one. Big news from Tipperary, I suppose, earlier in the week was Fergal Horgan stepping off the referees panel and giving up all refereeing. He's definitely going out with a bang on news talk just there with an interview, um, airing a few grievances. Uh so look, he's a massive loss, I think, to the refereeing fraternity. Um, when Tip weren't going well, it was great to see him there reffing finals. His style might have been not to everyone's kind of Liking, I suppose, his interpretation of letting it flow. But uh, anyone, any, anyone thoughts on that? Kind of. Uh, he, I think, let, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Sean. He let it out on news talks, even he just said it as was. You know, he just said, best refs weren't getting the best games, refs were overlooked. Why were certain refs doing this? But then he kind of backtracked a bit on it. But like, I don't know, like, we know it, it's like GA, kind of, it's like GA at all levels. It's kind of not favours, but. Who you know and who's in charge and who's on the boards and stuff. It's it's the way it isn't. But he's just talking, oh well, no, maybe just might be might be kind of looked a bit more, or people might kind of look and go, geez, that ref, why isn't he getting them games or why is he getting that? You no, know, so but then is there they have to put a system in place? They have to, as you said off air, Kevin were saying, you're guaranteed one all Ireland every five or ten years, that's it. You do it all Ireland, they're done, like you know, but you have to think of something. It's a, it's a strange one. Um, I I like, I I like him. Um, especially especially after playing in games with him, refing a few times, he's away. You know, the times you get frustrated, he, he doesn't, he doesn't overreact when you get frustrated because he understands it a bit. And he's away then it's talking to you that you kind of, it, it, you know, you're grand, you know, because he, look, I suppose he treats you as a. I think he treats an adult properly. Like it's a, it's a. It's a hot blooded game we're playing, you know. So the tempers to be afraid at times, and I think he's a good way of ref, and I I really enjoy it. But I think this whole saga has been strange because whatever his reasons are for um for uh, retiring from inter county refereeing to add that to, to add the club club game to that as well is a bit strange. If you've fallen out with the Croke Park refereeing boards or whatever, that should stay with Croke Park. We're losing out on a referee now in Tipperary because of it. And I, I, I don't know. It, it, from the outside, I don't know what's going on. It looks like he lost his passion for refereeing and, and the lack of games in the National League was the straw that broke the camel's back for us. Because, you know, if if when Brendan Maher retired from inter-county scene, he didn't retire from the club. You know, it's it's something similar. I just think it's a bit strange. And you can go out all guns blazing and say this and that happened at inter-county level. Why are you retiring from the club level then as well on top of that? You know, that's a question I'd like to ask him. There seems to be, a, I suppose, Kevin, a big degree of disenchantment from him, whatever's after happening. I mean, Steve mentioned Brendan Marder. I, I think there's been more kerfuffle and media interest and more interviews and things in exclusives to the Nashists and things about Fergal Horgan retiring than there was about Brendan Marr retiring or, or Porrick Marr retiring or, or any of the, the greats, you know. 
that's what I find it a bit strange. Like for me, the, the best referees are the ones that we don't hear or see all that much, you know, because they're, they're just getting on with it and doing their job. I find, I don't know, it's a bit, I think it's a bit, I don't want to say classless now, but it's a bit over the top, some of this reaction on news talks tonight on the front of the nationalist yesterday. I don't know, it's, it's a bit, as, as Stephen said, it, it is a little bit strange. Um, but, you know, I think the broader point stands, the inter-county game will be poorer for not having a ref like Fergal, mm-hmm. Fergal involved. And I think the club scene, which is more important to us at many levels, will also be a lot poorer because we're in an age as well where, where we're struggling to get referees and we're struggling to get people. You know, we know ourselves in the South, particularly like our frustration with the lack of games at times is because there's so few referees to do the game. So I don't think we can afford to be losing any refs at all. So, you know, the best to look to Fergal. I know he's very involved in his own club. Best to look to him, whatever he does going forward. Absolutely. And look, if he wants to go on the podcast as well, we'd love to have him. I think Mike interviewed him before. So uh, we, 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 well, might just, we, we might just mention before we go off air two things, Kev, if you don't mind. You might ask us for our predictions for Sunday. I know we, 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 we'd, we'd like to do that, certainly. I want like scores, the, though. I want actual oh, I want to see Sean and Stephen on the spot here. And maybe if yeah. I could just mention our, our, we were talking about our underage teams earlier on, just to give a shout out to our minor footballers who uh, beat, beat Waterford tonight 318 to 1 3 and, you know, beat Limerick as well last week. So, yeah, you know, fair play to John, John Mack, uh, uh, Commonwealth Commercials man, Kevin. You know him well. I went to school with John. I know him very well. So fair play to him for, for, Absolutely. for yeah, well that team. Right. But, Colin, you go first. Prediction. There's no point in asking me, Kevin. You know, no, I want, I want score. I want score. My, my, my. Okay, my heart, my heart says tip. My head is going to say a draw. Ah, Jesus! One person on the fence. Yeah, Shut I. Tip no. <laughs> by four. We'll go something like three twenty six, two twenty five. Man, Shawnee. Stephen. Yeah. I, I had a similar scoreline in mind. I don't think Clare scored two goals, so I give him the one twenty sixth about to three twenty four for three twenty five for a tip. I'm going to give you two predictions now. Obviously, the one was a tip win, and I'm also going to tell you now if tip win this weekend, they go down and beat Cork. Oh, I go tip by. That's I just think on on league form, which isn't worth it. I don't think Clare going great, so. Look, hopefully as we're all right anyway, you know. Don't let Derek Lynch put this podcast long, <laughs> It was a long fucking May last year, I tell you. I was watching the Hurling Championship oh, go on and, and, we, yeah. and, and we not part of it like until, you know, like we were. And hopefully there. then the game is a, it's the right game as well. So like it's not on RT, so at least then you shot football at kind of four o'clock. So everyone be like, why wasn't that tip yeah, yeah. counter with Claire on telly? And then people like, that's Kat and then comment online. Exactly. The, the, the reaction, the, the reaction to some of that, though, Sean, has been funny, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. there, there seems to be a, there seems to be a kind of a, a feeling among Tip supporters that every Tip game absolutely has to be on the television, and how dare people not put it on? I think somebody was saying today that there's guys on some Facebook page talking about they're not going to enter the county board draw anymore, and they're, you know, they're, they're going to burn their <laughs> Tip jerseys at dawn or something. I mean, I, 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 like, what kind of idiots are these people? Like, you know, I mean, who, like. It is going to happen more and more before you leave that because you have the more condensed county season. Absolutely. It was probably, yeah. you know, like when you had one or two games 
on a you know on a Sunday and maybe in a football weekend, a hurling weekend. weekend. Yeah. It was yeah, it was very yeah, split. Like, like you know for two or three months, but now we've we're back. Like I'd and we've lost and we've lost Sky as well, Kevin. Like yeah. you know, like the, the the guys who were probably burning the, the the county board draw tickets are the guys who wanted Sky gone as well. Like you know, there's 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 very little critical thought in any of this. Like you know, the more games that are the more options you have on the TV, as far as I'm concerned, the more channels that are showing the games, the better. Like do you know what I mean? I I, I was never one of these people who thought that's been in bed with Sky was a bad thing. I actually quite enjoyed the Sky coverage. I didn't see much of it because, you know, I'd be at the tip games, but any of the games I saw the tip weren't involved with that Sky did. I thought Sky were very good and I had no problem with, you know, I have a subscription with them anyway. Like I had no problem with Sky if they were prepared to stump up the money. And we said on this podcast for many years that the the quality of GAA products on RTE, particularly when it comes to hurling, is an absolute disgrace. You know, it's it's awful. It's poorly produced. It's poorly presented. It's poorly analysed. It's 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 desperate. You know, really desperate. That's like my would have, like, the week after Limerick and um, Clare is on GA go, like, and then the week after Tip Cork is on GA go, and the week after Wolf Clare is on GA go. So like, so people going turn on the Teddy watching these Waterford games and Limerick games going, why aren't they on? But they're clashing with. Mount games like do you think there's seven or six, seven games in Diego on Saturday alone? Like that tells yeah. you the volume of yeah, like, and like if the football really gets going when they have their round robin, I think, which starts in you know close enough to early May. So like they'll be you know, that'll be another kind of competition for like the tra- the traditional slot. So look, I am you know, I hear what you're saying, all of that. I think the GA, I know it's an amateur game still, but I think the GA is probably missing a trick, not going for a Friday night slot. Um I think you know great great potential there. You know, opens up opens up a bit of the weekend to get a get a game on telly there. But I think that's a conversation for another day, lads. Or just put Diego on Sky as channel number eight hundred, like the old Stanton model, and they came out, and that was it. at least everyone get then. Like and how the publicans now that are trying to have four or five TVs in the pub and they're like, how am I going to do this? The well, ring Diego, no answer. The email them, there's no answer. It's just the way that's when asking a week out. You'll hit the fan when you start getting the calls at ten to four. On oh yeah! Sunday saying, what channel is the tip game on? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's like I'm watching like football a, here. Yeah, yeah. I like football. This can't be right. That's when, and it'll be it'll be twice as bad when tip play when tip play Cork and you have the the ire of two kind of counties kind of going going at it as well that they've been uh, relegated to the to the streaming service. But anyway, lads, sure luck. Let's let's just see what Sunday brings. Thanks, Thanks, man.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.